And welcome to another episode of Digesting the Force. Today we are continuing our 11-episode special event where we talk about the Star Wars saga as I watch each movie for the very first time. Each episode will discuss that movie as a first-time watch with no knowledge of the movies released after it. We decided to watch in release order, and today we are watching what I consider a crowd favorite, Return of the Jedi. As always, I am joined by my host, Aaron. How are you doing today? I am great. I'm not sure if I've said yet on this podcast or not, but this is my favorite of the Star Wars movies. It always has been. I feel like it always will be, so I'm super pumped to be here, especially with our guests. As always, all of our guests for these are incredible, but I'm particularly excited to talk about my favorite one with a Star Wars expert. Nice. Aaron and I could not go on this journey alone, so we have invited Star Wars experts and super fans to join us throughout this special event. And today, we are joined by my Star's faction mate and inspiration for this podcast, my boy Zach. So Zach, how are you doing today? I am awesome. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm happy for you, Christina, that you're experiencing Star Wars for the first time. Uh, thank you for allowing me to um, sh- um to, to sh- share in this momentous milestone in your life. Because really, it's like your first job, your first car, your first house, your first child. I mean, your first Star Wars is like right up there with all these things. So <laughs> it, means, it means a lot to be here. I'm happy to share in that with you. And thank you for having me. You are so welcome, Zach. Before we jump into our talk and get everything started, obviously, you compete in the Schmodown in the Star Wars division. I know how much you love Star Wars, but I just want to know why you love it so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to answer that. Just a brief heads up to to, to uh, um, anyone listening, um, I stutter. So I um, appreciate you bearing with me here, um, doing podcasts of any kind or any kind of like voice recordings. Typically not really my thing, but I made an exception for Christina because she's so awesome. And I'm not going to turn down a chance to talk about my favorite Star Wars movie. Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. Jedi's my favorite too. But yeah, so um, I've been obsessed with Star Wars since I was five years old. Star Wars happened to come along at a time or uh, uh, a particularly vulnerable and formative time in my life. Um, not to get too heavy, but like I was a child of divorce. And um, at that young age, Star Wars kind of presented this like fantasy world that I could kind of escape to. And I just dove headfirst into it and pretty much have never left since. Uh, <laughs> I just fell like head over heels in love. I was just taken away, transported to this galaxy far, far away. And it almost became like a second, like a fictional home, like for me. And one of the absolute best parts about Star Wars is sharing it with people, whether it's old friends, new friends, people watching for the first time, sharing Star Wars with others. And spreading that love is one of the best parts of being a fan and one of the most important um, parts of the Star Wars experience, which is why I'm so happy to be here today. You know what? Every time I ask the Star Wars fans why they love it, they give exceptional answers. Like, I don't think I can ever explain why I love something as well as they have. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of puts a whole kibosh on the toxic Star Wars fandom. Each of these episodes, like, we're just like, that was a beautiful answer, Zach. Uh, By the way, my brother's name is Zach. And I've talked about Star Wars with my brother, Zach, for my entire life. So once again, <laughs> Zach and Aaron are talking Star Wars. So uh, <laughs> to my awesome. brother, Zach, who's probably watching. Your brother's going to be so sad not listening to this. Shout out to Zach. Hey, Zach. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Zach on Zach action. <laughs> All right, guys. So as always, we like to just cover the synopsis quickly, and then we will jump into our conversation. So this movie was released in 1983, and I still literally cannot believe people had to wait three years to figure out what happened to Han Solo, because I would have been pooping my pants. And this is now our third director. It's directed by Richard Marquand or Marquand. 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 
So I guess I'll ask like why they kept switching directors, if anybody knows. And the synopsis for this movie is, After a daring mission to rescue Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt, the rebels dispatch to Endor to destroy the second Death Star. Meanwhile, Luke struggles to help Darth Vader back from the dark side without falling into the Emperor's trap. I feel like that's a pretty good <laughs> synopsis of what's happening, which is like very hit or miss. But I guess before we jump in, do we know why they changed directors so much? Because I feel like, I don't know if that's maybe just a new thing now with franchise that they keep the same director? Mm, yeah, I can speak to that a, a, a little bit. So um, Lucas had such a miserable experience directing A New Hope, uh, the first Star Wars. He hated it. Thing, I mean, he got burnt out pretty quickly. And um, so so I feel like he's considered more, more of a writer, more of a visionary, but not so much a director. He conceives these stories and everything. It's all from his imagination. But when it comes to um, executing them, he tends to lean more on other people. So um, uh, Irvin Kirshner for Empire Strikes Back. And then when it came to um, Return of the Jedi, he actually wanted Steven Spielberg to direct it initially. But due to some sort of contractual obligation, he wasn't able to. Um, they also looked looked into um, David Lynch to direct, which would have been interesting and a very different, very weird take. I'm not sure it would have been my favorite a movie uh, had um, Lynch directed it. But um, they um, wound up with Richard Marquand, who arguably, you could say, was a bit of a puppet director because um, Lucas still had a lot of control behind the scenes. So, so Lucas produced, right? And he was still there on set every day, from what I understand. And it's like a lot of it, I do think he directed himself but it still has Mark Quan's kind of name on it. But I feel like Lucas, in a sense, maybe maybe like you could say um, ghost directed this movie because a lot of it actually was him, but he didn't want to be saddled with all the responsibilities of directing and all the duties that came along with it. He just wanted to have, have that control and have have a director who could come in and do the job and execute what he wanted him to do. Okay. Oh, all right. That's interesting. I feel like maybe it's just a newer thing now because I feel like franchises are more planned now. Like it seems like yeah. Star Wars at the time, this wasn't a planned event, maybe <laughs> like how like Marvel is like they knew going in oh. that they wanted to make all of these movies. So they just kept the same people on. Yeah, definitely not like that. I also wonder if there was a little bit of a reaction to like the negative reactions from when Empire first came out, because I know it wasn't like the hit it's became over time with like some of the darkness and whatnot. And I do wonder if maybe that was more of Irvin Kirshner directing in the second one, leaning towards like the more character moments and darker moments where this kind of returns more to the form of New Hope. This feels similar to New Hope than Empire for sure, if you're yeah. comparing. And obviously New Hope is George Lucas literally all over it. So it's like, this definitely seems like more of going towards, and then I'll have some opinions, especially about the relationship or the familiar relationship between Luke and Leia. I'd mm -hmm. love to kind of discuss that once we get to that a little bit, yeah. because I have some major thoughts on that watching it, it again. Definitely harkens back. It's kind of a, a um, return to form in the kind of same spirit of A New Hope, more so than the dark edginess of, of Empire Strikes Back. Nice. All right. Well, before we like really jump in, I just want to say that I know on the last podcast, I said that I think I would marry Luke over Han and I'm switching my answer <laughs> because first of all, Mark Hamill is not aging very well. So like he was cute as a freaking button in A New Hope. And now I feel like he looks very weathered in this movie. <laughs> and I just felt like he just, he was so serious. And I was like, that's not what I liked about Luke. I liked that Luke was like this young, like airy guy, but like Han has always been Han. So I'm switching to Han. And I just wanted everyone to know that before we started talking. Updating your relationship yeah, status. I just, yeah, I wanted an updated relationship status that if I had to pick who I wanted to marry, it would be Han over Luke now because Luke just got too serious for me. And I just felt like this movie was so fun and he was way serious. I didn't want to like deal with that anymore. I would R2 still, R2's still on the top of my list. 
<laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, I didn't know droids were like evil. Hey, you know what? It's, it's, all, all, it's all allowed. <laughs> C-3PO is my favorite. <laughs> consistent favorite for all three movies. I think he's hilarious. The droids are my people at this point. So the question is, um, do you worship C-3PO as a god? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because it's not right for him to be a false deity also, right? Is that what against, said? Yeah, it's against his programming. We'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so our movie opens up with like, I didn't realize Jabba the Hutt was like the Don. Like he's like mm-hmm. a godfather. And like as an Italian woman, like I felt like really close to that because I'm pretty confident. Like I have mafiosa in my family. So I just felt like I really resonated with that whole aspect of the movie where he he was essentially like the godfather and like people were just doing like anything he wanted so like that whole like opening scene was so fun i felt like this movie was like very like three separate smaller movies all in one movie definitely 100 um, yeah. and like each part is like so fun and different in its own way i yes. think um, this is why as a kid i loved how it just felt like three different movies it just felt like a toy box tipped over and you're just playing with all the different toys it's like oh it doesn't make sense these little pandas are fighting the spaceships but that's why it's great like yeah it does make sense i am an ewok stan and i just think (laughs) people who aren't need to relax and have it would make sense that like kids have shorter attention spans so Mm -hmm. when you literally have like three chunks of movie to watch yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i i maintain that so the um first 30 minutes or so of this movie is i tell people it's my favorite chunk out of the entire saga if you were to tell me that i had to pick one singular half hour of all of star wars that i could only watch for the rest of my life it would be the first half hour or so of return of the jedi uh to me it embodies the spirit of what star wars is about uh, you have all the heroes back together again reunited you know, daring rescue, swashbuckling action, people swinging from ropes. You got all the exotic aliens and creatures. And to me, it's like, this is Star Wars. And especially after a dark and heavy chapter like like Empire Strikes Back, opening with a fun, lighthearted, high-spirited sequence of like heroics, uh, gets you right back into it. And it's like, we're on the upswing again. And to me, it's just like feel good Star Wars. And that's why like whenever I'm homesick or anything, like Oh, watch this. This is like one of my comfort movies. Oh, I could definitely see this being a comfort movie. <laughs> I think it would, as a, an adult, I'm 32 years old watching these for the first time. And mm-hmm. I was like, I get why kids would like this. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is, it makes you happy. The movie pretty much makes you happy the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does get rid of those kind of bad vibes from Emp right down to like showing you Lando right away. It's like Lando's on our side. Like there's no question about Lando. He's with us. And we're not going to like revisit this the rest of the time. Like we're going to give him the ship later. Like he's the man. Lando, we have no issues with and he's on our side. Like there's no coldness in this movie. Sorry, Hoth. We're done with you. We're on a nice beach, like warm weather <laughs> beach. We're on a nice boat at one yacht, whatever they call it. I don't know yeah. the ship names, but you'll get the barge. The barge. <laughs> it's just like really shaking off all the heaviness of Empire, which as a kid, I appreciated because I was like scared and didn't dig Empire, especially as a kid. Like I was like, eh, like it's okay. But like, I kind of liked the first one and then I was like ready for this one so yeah because I feel like you really only needed to watch like the last 10 minutes of Empire to like just set you up for this movie and then you were like good to go if you didn't like Empire you only really needed to know that like I mean not frozen in carbonite you, you can't skip Empire Strikes Back <laughs> I'm just saying if you don't like it like the only need to know to get ready for this movie I get it. <laughs> 
I'm not saying you should skip it. <laughs> I get I what you're saying, Christina. I get what you're like, saying. I didn't watch this movie. So like, what do I need to know to get ready for the next one? Mm -hmm. Like that's how my dad operates. So that's what I would tell him. Like just watch the last 20 minutes. You're good to go from there. All right. So I kind of love that Han was like on display. <laughs> like as his like trophy. I don't know why I find it so funny. Maybe it's his like facial expression in there. But then I was like, oh my God. Like, all right, here's my other question. Do we know how much time has passed in the Star Wars world from empire to this moment yes one year oh so he was frozen for a whole year poor man he must have been very hungry <laughs> i don't think i understood well, that well i feel like for him it's as if no time had passed so i mean okay. he probably was no more hungry then than he was when he was first frozen because it's almost like he just woke up and a year had passed so <laughs> And that was kind of cool when they unthawed him too, because like he isn't just like unthawed and like ready to go. Like he's super sensitive to light and just right. like I couldn't say. Yeah, it, like he's been in a, the darkest of dark rooms for the last year. Whether he realizes it or not, his body has like physically responded to it. And what do you think about that first reveal, Christina, with Leia being like the weird thing in the? Yeah. So the weird thing comes in because we don't see Luke yet up until this point, right? We haven't right. seen him yet, and it's I was so be a hologram. Right. Okay. So obviously I ask Anthony a million bajillion questions, which he doesn't answer anymore. So I'm like, I'm like, who is that? I was like, is that a bad guy? I was like, is that Luke? And then once Han got thawed and I looked at the hands, I said, those hands look tiny. Those look like girly hands. I bet you that's Leia. <laughs> and then she like takes off the mask and it's like, who are you? Somebody that loves you. And then I was like, that's kind of corny, but it's whatever. <laughs> and then they kissed after he'd been in that carbonite for a year and he comes out all like slimy and like wet and gross. Yeah. And I'm just like imagining like, that's like kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to imagine no. like what kissing him might taste. Yeah. Like. If I had saved Anthony after a year apart, it would matter his condition i would still kiss him yeah well i mean you. i shouldn't say that because there's been times he's come home from the gym and i was like i don't want to kiss you so. <laughs> it's like he's been in a really cold gym yeah but that part was nice i think the c3po and r2 are just so freaking funny the fact that like i love how they are that's i think another thing like i love how they like kind of open the movies and they're like the first like familiar characters mm -hmm. you see and then they always just c3po is so dramatic and it's just like, oh, woe is me. Like, I don't know what we're doing. And I'm like, I just think he's so funny. And now he's like the interpreter for the Don. And he's just so, because I'm not calling a job of the hut. I'm just calling him the Don. That's what he is. And he's just now like the interpreter. And he's just so nervous the whole time. And like even bargaining with Oba Fett. And he's like, I don't know what to do. Like he wants 50,000. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> and I just think that he just like, it's just so funny. Cause he just keeps saying like, oh, I'm programmed to understand 6 million forms of communication. And it's like, we get it, bro. Just start talking. But <laughs> hey, it helps out a lot in this movie. Like they really use that capability to the fullest for C-3PO. Now is Boba Fett like a bigger thing? Like this, do we see him again? Because I heard of the character name and I was like, oh, cool. We see him for like a hot minute in Empire mm -hmm. and then we kill him in this movie. So, uh, you guys yeah, are not kill him very unceremoniously yeah. also. Yeah, because yeah. I felt like he was a bigger deal as just like I had heard of the name Boba Fett before. So I assumed he was a I bigger mean, deal. We're not going to tell you what anything that comes up, but we yeah. can talk about him up to this point. That's sure. all that there's been with him. Like, I mean, it's kind of a legend because of just how cool he looked. Uh, yeah. As far as I could tell. Is there more to it, Zach? I mean, all that I'll say is he is more of a uh, minor character, but he is a fan favorite character um, for good reason. And uh, there's more to his story. Uh, he, I would say he's a big deal, but um, you'll learn more about him. But he's definitely cool. And also, like, yes, 
he goes out pretty quickly in in, in um, Turn of the Jedi. But a lot of his mystique and a lot of his cool factor is subtle. And it's the um, things that he does, especially in Empire, you kind of have to like pick up on, oh, he actually tracked them all the way there. He knew where they were going. He beat them there. You know, you know, right. and it's like, and, 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 you know, he has a reputation as being the um, greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. And I believe it's a well-deserved reputation. And you kind of have to like read between the lines to see like all that he actually is doing, like kind of behind the scenes. But he is a very cool character and there is more to his story. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, and having his having his action figure as a kid, I can tell you, Boba Fett made his way into pretty much every scenario and whatever I was playing because he looks so damn cool. He really does look just very cool. It's like he doesn't have to say or you know, as a kid, do anything for me to just love. It's the look. Well, and speaking then- of the look, it's time to talk about the moment that every Star Wars fan, I'm sure, loves the most. It's been referenced in Friends. And it's Carrie Fisher looking bomb.com. And like, <laughs> yo, when she was just like posted up, just laying on job of the hut, I was like, damn, girl. I don't It doesn't even matter that you're in change. You're looking great. Like, you live that life, girl. You live that life because you're killing it right now. And she looked bomb.com. I will say, I am annoyed that like that's her outfit on the poster because she's literally in that outfit for like five minutes. But very important five bomb- minutes. Bomb.com. I get why nerd alerts everywhere loved Princess Leia after this. (laughs) I was waiting for this to come up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and it's like one of those those things that like may not have aged as well today. Like, you know, is it problematic? Is she being objectified? I mean, you could argue yes. Um, But um, Carrie Fisher has gone on record defending it, saying that, you know, it actually sends sends an, an a, 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 um, a um, message of empowerment because um, Leia uses those those chains to choke and kill her captor and free herself. Right. So there's, you know, so there's kind of, you could look at it a couple different ways. Well, and it, like, even if you're, he was objectifying her, but that was the point of his character. That was the point of this situation. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the producers of the movie doing it in a negative light. It made sense for what was happening with the character. It wasn't like she was just wandering around in a bikini all of the time. She was held yeah. captive for him. You know what I mean? Like if her costume was a bikini for all three movies, then yeah, we're objectifying this woman. Right. Yeah. She wasn't her- running around like in a blaster right. and like it's just I think that yeah, you've gotta like really, really dig down deep to kind of look in that view. So it's just yeah, like that. Listen, girl, when you look that good, work she, it. Yeah, I was about to say she worked, hard. she worked hard for that. And she looked great in every scene. Can I just say that? Like, she had, like, ten different hairstyles in this movie. It was kind of crazy. Every time she showed up, I was like, oh, Princess Leia is in her hippie phase now. Oh, Princess Leia is in her... <laughs> like, she's, like, going through all the... I was just like, I'm here for all of it. This I is know the iconic her. style is the buns, but, like, her hair has improved vastly since the bun style. Like, I prefer almost all of her other hairstyles compared to the buns. But well, we'll agree to disagree. I still love the buns. <laughs> oh, Christina, I don't know if you're aware of this or if you've seen this, but so um, uh, here here in um, Atlanta, uh, Dragon Con, um, every year uh, we all go. And um, I don't know if you've seen like our um, group cosplay, but so so like me and, and Alex and all, all of our guy friends will dress up as Slave Leia and Molly will be Jabba. <laughs> and, and, it's like, and it's like we're all her slaves. <laughs> That's amazing. I have not seen that, but I will need a picture of that. I'll send it to you later. (laughs) Yeah, we will put that up with uh, the tweet for this episode. Yeah, right. That out now. (laughs) Our expert, Slave Zach. (laughs) 
All right, so eventually Luke comes to bargain, and he's, like, flexing, like, that he knows his shit now. Mm -hmm. I also, he did change his lightsaber color, correct? Yes. Okay, I did notice that. When he was green, I was like, I thought his lightsaber color was blue. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I noticed that, guys. Hashtag, I'm going to be a Star Wars competitor because I noticed colors. Check it out, guys. Check it out. So, like, Luke does his whole thing, and he's flexing it. But when they come to the part where, like, they had to walk the plank, and I was like, I was like, that's really rude. Like, they're making them walk the plank. And then I saw, like, that mod thing and i was like oh no like how are you getting out of this and then like r2 like shoots the lightsaber out i was like yes yeah yeah. this is why we need the droids honestly guys the droids are the best parts of this because the humans honestly really aren't very good at what they're doing it's the droids that are saving the day the droids and like the animals of this the humans honestly like almost aren't even needed in some of these because in that green light that green lightsaber though when that first showed up as a kid green became my favorite color I could not. First of all, I grew up in Michigan State University country, so green and white. Anyways, I was partial to green, but that the vibrancy. I know you hate the sound of the lightsabers, Christina. No, they've gotten better. I didn't. It didn't hate it. Okay, good. I was gonna say I love the sound of them. Like I that and seeing they can be green. I was like, no, it's blue and red, like only. And now they're it's like green, like that. He's so much better than I didn't wonder why it was i didn't wonder what it meant i just knew it was better than every other lightsaber that ever existed ever i was just like this lightsaber is just better the black he just is like such like it's a perfect badass, badass. It's like, yeah like, yeah and i think the weathered look just that you're kind of seeing it makes sense it was a long year for luke okay he was trying his best to cram probably decades worth of Uh, Jedi training into a one year period while still trying to focus and not focus on like wanting to kill his dad or like Mm -hmm. do it like I think throughout this movie on a rewatch for me I definitely saw how much his rushing of his training actually caused him to slip a lot throughout and maybe even to the very end, but we'll keep talking about that. Yeah, and to add to that, I 100% agree with you. Um, One of my singular favorite moments in all of Star Wars is when Luke catches that lightsaber, ignites it, and you see the um, green blade for the first time and the way the music kicks in and it's it's the, um, the main Star Wars theme and you see how far Luke's come. He's built a new lightsaber and he's not messing around. So he catches it, you hear that, and he just starts swinging that thing and kicking ass and it's just so exciting and you get the sense that like like he's coming to his own and i get chills every time yeah no that part was so fun that part was the best because you had like everything was like leading up to this big battle and even before when we were still back at like java's headquarters it was still fun because you kind of start seeing everybody come back a little bit like even mm-hmm. c3 was like oh like master luke's here so like you kind of see them all getting together and there wasn't a plan it wasn't like they had comp in their ear to be like you do this and they all just kind of knew that like we have to work together like luke made his move like let's spring into action and it was just so fun princess leia just handles her shit han's doing whatever he's doing i don't even know because <laughs> poor lando's like falling in he's like oh no i can see now it's fine like he's just shooting at him like it's cool right like han's like no it's fine i'm like oh all right that's okay i I can see a lot better yeah exactly everything's fine chewy kind of didn't bother me as much this movie i think i'm starting to get a little bit chewbacca starting to grow on me maybe wasn't in the movie a lot (laughs) we're making we're making progress 
we're making progress with Chewbacca. He was he was helpful and less like just whining. All less the time. present, so you like him more. <laughs> he, just wasn't <laughs> he wasn't there as much, so I loved it. Yeah. Even when he got the all trapped in the net later on because he was yeah. hungry. <laughs> yeah, I was into that. And then, you know, Luke swings Leia. You got a nice little butt shot of Carrie Fisher. I saw it. I looked, guys. I'm just saying. And I'm the girl here, so I can say it. I'll bring it up. Look nice. Agreed. And because uh, I was like, I don't think they let her have like a, a back to that bathing suit. So, all right, Carrie, I see what you got, girl. And, you know, he swings her off into, you know, the ship. And now they're ready to go on to, I guess, what I would call like stage two of this movie. Or maybe like one and a half. Because yeah. now he goes to see Yoda. Yeah. Which BT dubs, if you heard from last week, I wasn't super into Yoda. I thought the sound of his voice was super annoying. But I was like, he's growing on me. I think he really does care for Luke. Luke's trying to get serious with the training. This is it. This he's is gonna super be right. important. Like he's right. like the reason Luke is who he is. Right. Like he seems like he's a huge deal. So I'm like, all right, we're finally getting here. Luke is ready to like finish his training. It's obviously like he's been doing other training. And then Yoda just dies. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, what? That's it? That's it. What? How long? In the original trilogy, what? Yoda gets 30 minutes of screen time maximum? Yeah. I, I was I mean, like, he, I was just starting to like him. His presence is throughout. But yeah, yeah. Zach, where you're kind of. I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was 900 years old. He lived a, he lived a long good life and i mean he he's been through it man he's seen some shit i think he's earned he's he's earned his rest and you know and in um yoda's death used to make me sad as a kid whenever i would watch it i would always kind of like not want to watch that part because <laughs> but um you know uh, as you learn christina about about the forest that when a jedi passes on they don't truly die they you know their their spirit lives on through the force and, and they they um achieve a kind of immortality so death is just another step in the life of a jedi and and, and it's not it's not necessarily the, the the end of a spiritual journey so i'll just say that the um door is still open there yeah and actually it's kind of interesting not to get too heavy but as a kid i my dad died when i was very young so like i was like a five-year-old who was very aware of how like death impacts and i hadn't seen a lot of movies where it was handled in this kind of way where it was used as much more of a positive for both characters so i like avoided movies like the lion king because i hated how they handled the death of the main character in case you haven't seen the lion king i won't spoil which main character but as a kid i didn't like seeing that so like i felt like they kind of used it more traumatic in that movie as in with this movie it was much more in a positive like spiritual sense to continue luke's journey so probably didn't realize it as a kid but it I didn't have a hard time watching that compared to others. So it's a good point. Yeah. And it's important. To movie has everything. Yeah. And every hero's journey, an important step is losing the mentor and having to go on alone, having to grow, you know, grow on their own with, without the help of, of that, of that uh, mentor figure. So it's an important step in um, Luke's hero's journey. Definitely. I'm still mad about it, but whatever. Well, I'm it just glad happens. you like Yoda finally. You, this should teach you not to wait till it's too late to start appreciating the great people. Like me. Don't wait till I disappear to start appreciating me, Christina. Appreciate me now before I'm 900. I appreciate Zach, definitely. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate both you guys. Yes. There we go. One out of two ain't bad. Yeah, that part like really messed me up. And then I feel like there was like this like 10 minute span where I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, so we get, so Yoda dies and I'm like, 
dropping oh, bombs. I'm li- yeah, I'm like, what? I pause the movie. I'm like, there's a lot of movie left, and I'm not getting any more Yoda. So I'm mm-hmm. offended. I felt personally attacked. I felt personally attacked because I said I didn't like him in the last movie. I know this movie was made in 1983, but I feel like it was a personal attack on me. So it was like, all right, girl, now you don't get to watch him in the next movie. That's what you get. <laughs> and then Ghost Han comes back and drops the bomb about Luke and Leia. And I'm literally like, I, Ghost Obi Wan, not Han. Ghost Obi Wan. <laughs> because sorry, because you just confused sorry. me. I was like, where was Ghost Han? I'm sorry, my bad, guys. Yeah, I'm Ghost Obi Wan. There's so many names. Listen, I knew, the fact that I didn't know anybody. Yeah, 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 whatever. It's your first time. Ghost, your first Ghost time. Dude comes back and drops the bomb. I didn't know they were twins. And again, guys, I understand that I'm going into this blind. But when I tell you I'm going into this blind, I literally don't know anything. So no, like, that was, that was crazy. The bomb. That was yeah, huge. Yeah, very yeah. crazy. They have like made out already in another movie so it was creepy and weird that should have been discussed i felt mm. like Han wanted to bring it up a couple times like wait that's your brother uh, you guys made out is kind of what i was hoping he would say at one point but i'm like you get like this 10 minutes where i'm like holy crap mind is being blown i lose yoda they're twins what the f is happening that's where i was at one point i need to like pause and collect my thoughts watching this movie <laughs> yeah yeah it's, um, a, it, it's a conclusion <laughs> What, what gets me is that um, when Luke tells her later that uh, they're siblings, and then her reply is, I know, somehow I've always known. Well, then why did you keep kissing him so many times if you always knew? Can I just say, I don't feel it was necessary to make them brother and sister. I just don't. Maybe I'm saying that with knowledge of some of the things that happened, but what that caused is for everything now to have to be connected and to have a reason, and it put restrictors on this universe. It didn't open it it didn't they didn't need to be brother and sister at all but maybe you have a kind of rebuttal to that but like i just felt like that reveal wasn't necessary and just made things weirder that's an interesting point i mean at this point it's hard for me to imagine any other way just because it's it, it's so ingrained and it's just what, what what i've always known to be true and you know it's just oh, sorry it's just what i you know i've i've grown up with so it's hard for me to imagine it, them not being uh siblings but that's a good point that you make and, and, and i wonder how it would be different uh had they not been so that's, that's i might be talking hindsight here so we won't go too far into that obviously but that's just kind of my opinion and is this the same spot where he talks about gives the certain point of view speech mm-hmm. or is that yeah <laughs> okay so now yeah. you know the origin of certain point of view i oh, yeah, did right. i also also texted Jake from last week and I was like, oh my God, Yoda dies. Oh my God, they're twins. OMG, is that why your show is called Sir? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that justification for telling Luke that's why it was he was still telling him the truth? Because that's like someone cheating on their girlfriend or something and being like, I didn't ask what type of sex I had. I had protection on technically the condom had sex from a point of view, not me. I wasn't, I'm not the condom. Like, is that just me? Or like, did you feel well, that? Why just he didn't tell him that Darth Vader was his dad, right? Where he was Darth like, Vader was his dad because Anakin right. was lost. Right. Like Darth Vader took over Anakin, right? Like, what? From a certain point of view. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, he twisted the truth. He told he told a white lie, you know, and it was it was to protect Luke. Was he right for doing it? Should he have just been honest and told him the truth? Or, I mean, yes, you could say yes, but he had good intentions. I mean, he was trying to uh, to protect Luke um, from the truth. So, yeah, I mean, he, I was he trying to protect my girlfriend from the truth. I was just trying to protect her from the truth. By the way, I've never cheated on anyone. I was going to say, uh, Aaron's girlfriend. <laughs> Can I just uh, make a disclaimer? Never. I've only been cheated on, never cheated on. That's for another digesting errand. Never to be seen. Okay. You could have handled it better. You know, I'm trying not to take outside information, but like there's just clues all over the place that they did not go into this with a plan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
it's like audible after audible. It's amazing how it came out with the amount of audibles that are being yeah. created. And I feel like if you know this like deep, dark secret about someone, that your dad is this pretty horrific person, but yeah. I need you to focus and, you know, I need you to become a Jedi. I need you to help. You probably shouldn't like blow up their whole life and put them in like this wrecked mental state. So you kind of have to bend the truth so you can get them ready to hear it. That would be my justification for it as to why he didn't tell him right away. It's like Santa Claus, Easter Bunny logic here. You know, there's you, you need people to do certain things at some points and he wasn't ready to hear that. And also just a real quick, I like that the ghost had to sit down on a log. I just love that. And the ghost is like, all right, let me uh, take a seat, take a look. Oh man, my legs are killing me. <laughs> like, ghosts get tired like, too. You don't see a lot of ghosts interact with physical stuff <laughs> like that. So it's like, and he's just like, oh, there's a log here. I'm going to sit here. Elegantness, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was not about it. Like, he- <laughs> He oh, wasn't he was into like, the whole into the whole Jedi Force Star Wars thing. He thought it was a bunch of nonsense. He didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't feeling it. <laughs> yeah, and, no, famously, famously, yeah. I believe he called it like mumbo jumbo. He was like, well, he's like what, <laughs> what is this? What is this movie I'm in? What am I doing? No, man, that's great. Yes, yeah, part so of one of the biggest movies of all time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right, great, Christina, back on the rails we go. Well, then pretty much we get into like a new hope 2.0 because we have a Death Star we need to blow up and we need to take down the shields and blow up the Death Star, which I've already seen that movie. But somehow they did this even better because the shields, you had to go to a moon to turn them off and we got to meet the greatest characters of all time. And I am also, is is it an Ewok? That's what it's called. I am Ewok Stan. I loved them. They were hilarious. I think they added to the movie. I think they gave it some humor. And I just thought they were so fun and so funny. And I loved every single second that they were on. Every part of it. Every time that part of the movie came on, I like got a little extra alert to watch it because that's how much I loved them. Yeah. Uh, Some people don't like the Ewoks, but but I believe that if you don't like the Ewoks, you have no soul. I I am am proudly pro Ewok. Maybe because I came to Star Wars as a kid, you know, and I found them cute and they just grew on me. And in a lot of ways, they're like the rebels in that they're the underdogs in this battle. And one would tend to underestimate them. They're primitive, they're small, they're cute, they're up against this um, technologically superior enemy, but they're fierce and they're feisty and they pack a punch. And at the end of the day, it's not technology or military might that wins. It's because of their conviction and their cleverness and their plucky fighting spirit, which makes them a kind of a great parallel for the rebels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I really don't see the problem with this. First of all, as a kid, I loved them, obviously, but even as an adult, I don't see the problem with the Ewoks being an integral part in the final rebel alliance attack i mean i think it's amazing and the symbolism is right there to vietnam it's like mm-hmm. there is right there first of all foremost and this is 10 15 years after vietnam but you know, i mean it's right there of like empires the american forces invading vietnam and it's the vietnamese how they use their primitive to fight against the empire which was us at the time so that's incredible to put in a family kids movie first and foremost and it's like right there for everybody to see it's not being hidden by george lucas I think it's very obvious how George Lucas feels just looking at his statements and looking at his work, even with American Graffiti before Star Wars. But so that's awesome. It's they're real. There's no CGI there. These are all puppet masters. They all look different. They all have personalities to them. I mean, I just think like 
Also, this movie was made in 1983. Look at the movies it inspired afterwards. Dances with Wolves, like Avatar. These movies where the primitives beings fight the more superior, technologically advanced opposition. Return of the Jedi did it first, and I'm sure there's some movies that did it before. I'm not saying, but this really popularized it and brought it, I think, to the forefront. And it's just like, I thought they were so fun. And it's just like, okay, they sold toys too. Okay, like, welcome to show business. The second half of his business, baby. Like, I don't think this was solely made like we must sell toys and have spe- people. I think I agree with Zach. You don't have a soul if like you hate the Ewoks. Like what they stand for and how they're presented and what they do is awesome. And it's, I think it would have been different if it was just like a planet full of Wookiees or something like that's not as impactful as it being these tiny little Right. Like, and the interactions they have with, like, Leia. I mean, how they treat C-3PO. Like, it's in- incredible. And it's, like, such a cool set that you've never seen in Star Wars. Before. A forest moon. Like, it's just awesome originally um they were supposed to be wookies and i think it was for like uh, budgetary reasons i guess they didn't have the money or you know the um, materials to make all those all those wookie costumes so they they had to scale it down and downsize it and, and they became the ewok which, which, I, which i guess was cheaper to do than a bunch of wookies oh uh, well i liked the Ewok. i did i just thought they were funny and cute they had cute little voices i liked their relationship with all of the characters i can't remember the lines off the top of my head but i feel like han solo had some of his best lines on this moon like dealing with the ewoks and just like trying to get c3po to talk to them and like ask them a million questions and like <laughs> why are you taking so long and what is your problem i just feel like this whole sequence was so great i would also like to point out that i felt like it was really weird when the stormtroopers would speak i don't know why that was weird to me and i was like oh they can talk and anthony's like you've heard them talk in the other movies i was like i feel like they're talking a lot in this one and they it's were really- kind of chatty they yeah, were now you mentioned they were yeah. they did add a little bit of chattiness it's like and you I, guys aren't just saying like code red you're like talking about like your thoughts even out here like, yeah, I, don't know. I, I feel like i always saw stormtroopers yeah. as like more robotic or just like mm-hmm. very stoic like you have your helmet it covers your face similar to like how darth vader has to like breathe through it and like talks very minimally i see, you. I see your so point. I, when they're just like yeah we're gonna go left here and i was like who, who, who said that like what like because you can't see their faces so like that was weird that the stormtroopers were talking a lot but i liked their little pod thingies that they were is that what they're called are they called pods where are the pods i know pods come in to play we'll talk about that these aren't them these are, are these whatever those things are running the speeder bikes sure yeah yep. those things those speeder bikes those looked like they were super fun they were just crashing into trees and blowing up that looked like a great time um, well, but, not right. uh, by the way um shout out to paplu my favorite ewok he was the one who stole the speeder bike and um lured the troops away he was the ewok mvp of this movie that's a great book uh, what was his name again Paplu, and also so, so, he was played by Kenny Baker, who also played, oh. played R2D2. That's incredible. Yeah, I loved how useful the Ewoks were. Truly, it's just yeah. like I mean, when he's riding off in the speeder bike, also, and his little legs go up behind he was, him as he's yes. still hanging on to it. He's like looking back. He's like, whoa, <laughs> like so just so it's so much fun and just like uh, yeah, it's again another scene which I think I've reenacted on a playground about. 500 times where I've just pretended to be riding the speeder bikes with my friend. It's just every single one of these scenes is out of a toy box. It's just George Lucas is the little kid who's playing with these toys. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and it is cool to just see like how they just rise up and just because the stormtroopers are beating them at one point and they just like, you know, rise up and overtake them and they outsmart.
outsmart them and they use like their booby traps and it's like you get I feel like very like Goonies watching this even though Goonies came out after where it's like let's you know cut down logs that are just smash right into them and let's take you know the nets and stuff so it's just fun to watch them fight back and overtake people that have guns that are bigger than them and stronger than them and then because Luke is with them at this point and then he goes off to fight Vader alone Mm -hmm. and then leaves everybody else because they have to deal with the shields here's where I get super confused this is where I'm like, oh, I was really into this movie. And then I get super confused. When you watch all the battle scenes and then I'm like, I don't know who's the good. Guy. When they are just showing things flying around and I'm like, I don't know who's good, who's bad. All the things are different shapes. I know you guys told me there's like Y things and X things and H things, but I don't remember what any of them are called. And I don't remember whose team they're on. So Zach, how do I tell them apart? I mean, you kind of just have to know which ships are which. I mean, so I mean, so the Imperial ships are um, um, mainly comprised of Tie Fighters, which look pretty, pretty, pretty distinct. So I mean, you can tell you can tell the Empire ships because they're all variations of this Tie Fighter ship, which which has the two big wings on the side side with with with, with the um, little circular pod in the middle. That's a Tie Fighter. And pretty much any other ship other than that is going to be the rebels. So the X wings, A wings, are so 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 rebels have more more variation to their ships, whereas the Empire is very uniform. They mainly use Tie fighters because the um, rebels are more of like a like a mishmash of like salvage like old ships and stuff, and they're kind of you know like working with less. Um, so they kind of had to like put together this you know fleet of just like like a jumble of different ships, whereas the Empire pretty much used Tie fighters. Okay. Yeah, that's the only time where I get confused is when I'm watching all the space fighting and I was like, crap, I don't know who just blew up right now if I should be sad. I also do I also do think the space battle in this is one of the best. Oh, in, it's so good. Definitely in the first three. I just think it's the, between the music and the actual effects, it kind of blows my mind how they're able to pull this off so well, like at any point. Even now, look, I feel like not as incredible as it looks in this. It's just It holds up. It ages well. It definitely holds it, up today. Yeah, it's just like Apex. It, this movie really to me is apex star wars the way i would Mm -hmm. like star wars to be i'll say that i feel like they kind of knew what they wanted to do finally with the score they figured out i mean obviously technology is getting better your effects get a little bit more you know technologically advanced yeah but they weren't too advanced to where maybe they get overused right like they're advanced enough to make things but you know it's still because you're watching the disney plus versions it's like you're getting some extra shit in these movies (laughs) that like did not need to be added to these movies i'm like i just that is like where i really question george lucas's creative mind more than anything else is the things he's added to these movies why he's added and I found out, like, we won't jump too far, but, like, the nose when the Empire's oh, getting tossed were added. When Darth Vader's going, no, no, that was added 30 years later. Like, yeah. what a terrible horror. Because I remember watching that, and I was like, I don't remember wanting to laugh at this as a kid. But now I'm watching it, like, there's these no's. Like, George Lucas decided that was a thing for Darth Vader, was he's going to be a no guy. It's much more <laughs> effective and more powerful when he's just silent. Silent, yeah. I was, I was because I had to look that up. I was like, this is not what I watched as a kid. Yeah, and then I was like, sure enough, like he was silent. I was like, that's way more impactful than someone going, no, 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 no. Yeah, there are certain changes George made that I can get behind, and that 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 I do feel some of them actually did benefit and did add to the film. That is not one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know, but there were some parts where I was like, that seems like this was added in at a later date so that is what it is all right so luke finally gets to confront the emperor and guys i'm gonna make the confession here i kind of wanted luke to go to the dark side (gasps) 
I love when scandalous. Yeah, I do. I kind of love when heroes play into the darkness a little bit and then pull themselves out. Like I didn't want him to go fully dark. I wanted him to get like closer than he got. I don't know how much closer he could have gone without becoming the dark side. Like Mm -hmm. he literally chopped off his father's hand and was like he force choked people to death in this movie, Christina. Multiple people he force choked to death. He was on the dark side. He was doing what his father was doing. He was literally going to become his father and then it was choke people to death two of the people at the <laughs> Jabba's palace at the beginning he uses the, the force choke guard. it is like it, he at least oh, chokes them unconscious if not kills them like he definitely was like he was definitely i think these were sh- i think there was signs shown throughout this movie maybe as a, someone who's rewatched this movie and was looking for signs that he had rushed his training and he was using it at times for very selfish reasons and it was from a certain point of view, quite dark, in my opinion, actually. Mm-hmm. But from because he's our hero, we are more forgiving to it, like a lot of times with different anti-heroes. I think he was a major anti-hero for a, a lot of this movie. He was just doing things from the side we were rooting for. So it was, you know, a little bit justified. But I do think he was on that dark path quite a bit. And I mean, the emperor, an emperor was trying everything he could to manipulate him and get him to take his anger out and take him out. And he almost does. And then his father saves him from the dark side right there. You made the good point that Vader saves his son, but, but um, Luke also saves Vader. They save each other uh, really. And, and, and um, Luke was the only person who believed that Vader could be saved. You have Obi-Wan and um, Yoda telling Luke that he, needed to kill Vader and that, you know, it's like, yeah, he, he may be your father, but he's too far gone. He's, he's um, more machine now than man. He can't be redeemed. And then even Vader tells Luke, it's too late for me, son. So it's just like everybody had given up on Anakin and uh, nobody believed that he had, he had any hope for redemption except Luke. And Luke believed his father could be saved. And it's, and it's exactly what he did. And like one of, one of my proudest and most like tear jerking moments in all of Star Wars is Luke making that choice to lay down his lightsaber and to not give in to anger and hate and to not follow um, down the um, path his father did um, while still honoring his father and his legacy. He sees Vader's mechanical hand and looks looks at his own gloved hand and realizes just how easy it is and how close he is to becoming his father. And um, it's powerful and like it's haunting. And then when, when, when he chooses to throw down his lightsaber and straight up tells the emperor, I'll never turn to the dark side. You failed your highness. I'm a Jedi. Like, like my father before me, like I, I'm like, yes, Luke, like, let's fucking go. Um, I'm just like, so proud of him for like making the right choice and for resisting that temptation. And it's easily my favorite Luke Skywalker moment. Um, yeah. And then when the emperor is, you know, essentially killing Luke and he like cries out to his dad in the sense of like, I, he one, I feel like it's your instinct to cry out for your parent when you're in pain. Mm even if you don't have a relationship with them. And then too, like he always said, he felt that there was still some goodness left in him that, you know, he really believed his dad would have saved him, which he ultimately winds up doing and betrays the emperor. But yeah, I just felt like I loved seeing Luke go a little dark Mm-hmm. to then see him not go all the way there. So yeah. I was kind of like rooting for him to, to kind of go there a little bit. And also just to kind of assert yourself, like you have to like stand up for yourself at the same time. Like you can't, you know, goodness only takes you so far at some point like you still have to fight back which is ultimately what your dad was fighting you to the point where you thought your life was threatened you had to fight him back Mm -hmm. you're gonna you know what i mean you're not gonna just let him kill you and then we get to the moment that i asked about since the very first movie are we ever gonna see darth vader without his (laughs) 
helmet on. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's kind of creepy. And I didn't really like what he looked like. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I so mean, yeah. what what is what am I supposed to feel? Because I don't know if I felt good about it. Well, I mean, he looks like that because I mean, yeah, I mean, he's 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 gotten messed up. And I mean, so so his his suit, he doesn't wear that suit suit, you know, just for fun. I mean, he, he needs that suit to survive. It's 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 sustaining his life. I mean, he's like in really bad shape. Like he he's he's been he's been messed up. And um it's it's a um it's a life support suit. Uh, that he wears so and so yeah that's why he looks like and and and, and you'll see you'll so he he gets injured you'll see what exactly happened to him but it's not pretty <laughs> and uh and that's why you know obi-wan says he's um more machine now than man yeah i mean it's it, it, it's it's he's lost so much of his humanity but then luke kind of finds it again and brings it back out at, at the last in the last moments of his life and then finally our boy han which like Han, 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 buddy, Han, buddy, don't let me down. <laughs> like honest to God, if I wasn't watching it with subtitles on to read it, I honestly would have been like, "Who the frig is Han, and what is he helping us do?" And I was like, "Oh, can I tell a really about? funny story about that real quick?" Yeah. So I had a friend growing up named Han Yu. He was from South Korea, mm. and I used to call him Han because of Lando Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, "Hey, Han!" Like I so very embarrassing when I finally went over. Over their house and like their parents like corrected me how to say their son's name because he never told me i was saying it oh, wrong wow. it was like going to my friend han's house and you like it's so yeah this movie is completely the reason for that just hey. oh, oh like, way to go lando so get that shield down i'm sorry i keep trying to say it r2 <laughs> needs to be the savior and then he puts his little plug thing in, and then they shoot him. And I went, oh, like I was like, oh no, R two, and he's like, ee! and it's like that's kind of funny actually. <laughs> and if, if you watch closely in that scene, Han is actually like ducking behind R two as he's like shooting at stormtroopers. He's he's like using R two as like a shield. Like I like would too. The man's made of metal. That's that's kind of messed up. That's like yeah, like, come on, droids of people. Like, you're buddy. He's like part of your he's like part of your team, and you're like you're just like. Using him as a can as I a be a, can I give an honest critique on Han in this movie? Of course. I kind of feel like he didn't have much to do. Well, he had one job, which was bring down the shields, and it took yeah, all and, 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 and end up getting Leia once Leia realized that her other option was her brother. So she's like, yeah, I guess I always liked you more. Like it's just <laughs> well, like I uh, think it was pretty established. There was a nice callback when he finally said that he loved her because I'm not gonna lie, guys. I know everybody was like, Oh, it's this magical moment in Empire when she says I love you and he says I know. And I was like, Well, you know, it would be nice if he freaking said it back to her because this seems like a very one sided love story. And then she saves his butt. Who are you? Oh, just someone that loves you. I still doesn't return it. <laughs> the only time he says that he loves her is when she's like, Don't worry, babe, like I have the gun, so I'll kill these people. And then he was like Oh, I love you. So, like, Han, get it together. So, don't, like, don't be jealous that she's possibly in love with her twin brother. When, like, oh, her, my God. I can't wait. I cannot wait. We will talk more about Han and Leia. That's all I'll say. I can't wait to talk more about Han and Leia and your thoughts on Han's appreciation. He should have locked it down. He's clearly jealous. You're making and a great I, point. You're and making I a great point. He's been putting forth an effort. I'm not seeing any verbal or visual yeah. I'm holding up my ring finger here, ladies. <laughs> Commitment to Leia for him to be very jealous of her relationship with Luke. So that's, you're not wrong. We can I talk don't about think it, Leia. I'm talking about it. Yeah, you're right. And you're not I, is, she, is she too good for him? Mm, yes. Would they make beautiful babies? I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. They can still do it. 
But like Han, you better step it up, my dude. She's a princess. I, I think he does love her, but he needs to show it more, in my opinion. He's not showing it enough. But like Aaron's also like a super sappy human, and this is never how Aaron would treat anybody he was in love with. He'd be like, no. Oh my god, you're gonna shoot someone. I'm obsessed with you. I love you. You're like the genuinely life. Genuinely. <laughs> I love how I still try to play up like the like love triangle angle and like Han's jealousy, even after we've established that uh, they're siblings. And that's where I feel the film kind of drags a little bit. It's like in the Ewok village where like they're like out like 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 uh, it's it's like after um, Luke has told Leia their siblings and like Luke leaves and then Han comes out. And he's like, "What's going on?" And Leia says, "I can't tell you." And 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 he goes, "Well, you tell Luke that who you can tell." And it starts starts. It's like we get it. Let's you know, let's kind of move on now. And. and and I feel like in those scenes, kind of the writing and the acting, it gets a little like a, like melodramatic. And um, and it's just like, let's keep this moving. It's like, we know they're siblings. Like, let's, let's kind of move on. Now. Yeah, I did find it weird that she felt like she couldn't tell him. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe then, she was embarrassed that she made out with him and another person. Right, I think she oh, was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, actually. Like, I kissed my brother like that. And like, I, she grabbed my ass during the swing when he knew. Like, <laughs> so, like that's real weird. <laughs> he didn't know yet. He didn't know yet. Oh, he didn't know yet. That's he right. Okay. Yet. It was his land. He tried, and, wait, wait. And she did say, I always knew, which I know Zachary pointed to. But again, yeah. wait. Yeah. Hold up, you always knew. Why didn't Luke at that moment be like, wait a minute? You well, always knew. And what Darth, do you mean? doesn't Darth Vader say, like, he's trying, he's like reading a Luke's mind through the force of like your love for Leia? You have a twin. And I was like, what? So Luke is still like low key in love with her, even though he no. knows. And then, <laughs> no, and no, 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 no. <laughs> like, it just like cares about his sister at that point. No, no. I don't think it was, I don't think he was in love with her at that point. I think I he think just like did not. Conflicting love feelings that he was wow. still proud So you think there was incestual reasons behind why he ends up striking <laughs> Darth Vader down, just to be clear, so we have it on the record. I think that he was still processing his romantic love feelings for Leia in that moment into brotherly love. Wow. So he's still in the transition period between... I think so. He had just found out they were twins. That's a hot take. That that is a that's scorching. That's all I'm here to do. That's oh my god, I, that is a scorching take. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything I, to do with that take. That's like Game of Thrones levels yeah, of. That's what I was thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. I don't think it's quite that. It's <laughs> the first hologram he saw her. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, so they trick the stormtroopers to open the back door so Han can finally go in to blow it up. That was his big move. He still doesn't even hotwire the doors correctly. Like, when you think Han's going to be the one to save the day, he's like, oh, let's trick these guys into opening should, the back Should Han have just died? So Harrison Ford wanted Lucas to kill off Han Solo in this mm -hmm. movie, but Lucas wouldn't do it. But no, I don't think, I don't think. No. You know I, mean, okay. I don't want to see any of the main characters die, so no. That's fair. I, That's I, fair. I, I love them all. I just think if there was a main character to sacrifice ultimately aside from the mentors for Luke's journey. I think Han was the option here. And like, it didn't seem like Han had a bigger role to play. His role had been played. He had had the character growth and it would have maybe supplied Leia and Luke with that like final motivation for their characters in a way. And I know that I'm not trying to make this like even empire levels of dark, but I just think like he didn't have anything to do in this movie. And like, that is something that on a rewatch when I was looking at background or side characters I was like he does nothing and has nothing like Lando has more of a role in this movie than Han <laughs> oh he had to get the shields down 
That was his point. And finally, man up and confess his feelings to Leia. Because she was about to leave him for her brother. And then he could have died. But I think that takes away the whole, like, the whole movie is happy and fun. You kill off Han Solo. It does put a serious damper on the movie. Good point. Okay, good point. I'm glad they didn't, you know, do that. But I do agree with you that if there was one character to sacrifice, it would be Han. But Mm -hmm. I'm glad, I'm glad they also We didn't have to sacrifice him necessarily. You're right. We get to have that happy ending with everybody together. and It was a celebration. The whole ending is a complete celebration. They finally blow up the death. Star and Han's like, do you think Luke's on there? Because then Leia's like, no, I can feel that he's not. And then it's like, you love him, don't you? And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, when he gets here, I'll step back. And then she's like, oh, silly, he's my brother. And I'm like, why, why did we wait till the end of the movie for this? As a kid, that's how I thought romance worked. Uh, so <laughs> I had like, I, had, I was like, how romantic. Yeah, and then Harrison was like, oh, okay, and then we'll just, like, start making out. Yeah, the look yeah. on Han's face, like, his, his confusion as he's, like, piecing it all together, it's just, like, his priceless wait. look of, like, WTF, like, wait, wait, what? Wait a second. Because his face was, <laughs> it's like Eurotrip, you just kissed your sister, like, you kissed your brother. Eurotrip, yep, <laughs> Return of the Jedi stole this from Eurotrip, retroactively. Or Eurotrip got inspired by the Star Wars franchise. Uh, put it on the list, Avatar, Eurotrip. All the all the ones that so, I will jump to the very very end because I watched the Disney Plus version, mm-hmm. and the, at the very end of the Disney Plus version, as they're all celebrating and they've been reunited and there's hugging, we get to see the Ghost Jedi, and I'm assuming this was made, done very recently. Then lo and behold, there's Hayden Christensen yeah. hanging out there in like Ghost Force. Form, and I was like, is they for real right now? Is that real? Like, that can't be real. Like, they really decided to do that? So I guess my question is, what was there before that? Uh, before Nothing? that, it was, so, so, um, it was, um, the, um, the, um, the, um, um, actor, um, Sebastian Shaw, who played Unmasked Vader, but it was just like, you know, or, I mean, but, but he looked just like generic older guy. Um, and, and, uh, and, um, but then, uh, Hayden Christensen was, inserted in the uh, 2005 like um, special edition to coincide with the um release of of um to the sith okay and it, it was just like meant it was meant meant to, to tie together the two trilogies and you know kind of you know bridge, bridge the saga i don't hate it i don't know <laughs> it's, it's I guess, like I would hate it less had I also seen the sequels. Uh-huh. But like, if I'm going into, and obviously I know the sequels exist. Yeah. But like, if I'm going. Let's pretend I don't know the sequels. I had no idea. Right. right, right. I'd be like, who the f is this dude? It's right. a super weird decision again to make. I agree. Like, because if you're showing someone these for the first time, I get it. There's people who start at Phantom Menace, but in my opinion, you're supposed to start the way we started with how they re- like. And so it's like, if you truly are going in blind, you're like, who is this? Like, it's not like Hayden Christensen is a known name. Yeah. Like, right. It's just like, like the prequels came out, I was in middle school. So it's like, hate. I mean, we all had crushes on Hayden Christensen. Like, I'm thinking like, if I showed this movie to my children who don't know who Hayden Christensen is, even if I told them the prequels exist, they'd be like, who is this dude? Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it's, not it's how I weird- was looking. It. Yeah, it's um, less jarring if you watch them in chronological order. You start with mm-hmm. one and go to six, then it kind of makes sense. But yeah, if you just watch four, five, six, and you see him there, it's like, who's this? Yeah, it's like, who is this guy? Like this young guy hanging out? Like it's like, yeah, it was bizarre. But yeah, that's a great point. I I liked the ending, and you see like all the planets like celebrating. Mm-hmm. And the Empire's finally dead because we killed the Emperor, and we blew up the Death Star again. Seeing up. Uh, 
all the heroes together celebrating, you know, uh, victorious um, in in the Ewok village. Like they're all smiling and hugging and dancing and partying it up. The the, the, the um, music is emotional and it's just like such a feel good like heartwarming ending. And when Luke looks off and sees Obi-Wan and Yoda and then his father appears, you know, I know it's Hayden Christensen, but just like, it's it's so beautiful. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, Force Awakens comes along and you see that the victory was sort of short-lived and the happiness doesn't necessarily um, last forever, but I'm a sap and I'm a sucker for a happy ending. And I just, I love the high note that Jedi ends on and it, and it just gets me like right in, the, right in the feels. Yeah, no, this movie was by far super fun. I really enjoyed it. I think the characters had a really nice arc in this movie and it's just like it's a fun movie to watch like you're smiling pretty much the entire movie which you didn't smile a lot in like empire like i had some reactions where i was like oh my god like i can't believe this is happening like this is getting crazy and this one was like yeah i had a couple of those but it was like for more fun reasons like oh my god this is wild but like it's fun to watch so Mm -hmm. this was by far my favorite of the three so far and i'm hoping i like the prequels and sequels as much as i liked the original i'm trying to be i had a feeling this was going to be your favorite and i'm glad it was i i had a feeling yeah i i'm hoping i'm trying to go into everything with an open mind i think because i'm not like a super hardcore star wars fan i'm not gonna like totally hate certain things that i people typically do but i am excited so aaron we're ready to do some closing thoughts and our ratings zach as our expert you will go last with your closing thought and our ratings aaron do you want to go first uh, yeah, sure. I'll go first. I'm hoping we all have the same rating on this movie. I really think this hasn't happened a lot on this show before this spinoff or probably after this. This is five stars for me. No doubt about it. Five out of five. First two or four and a half straight up for me as well. And I get that Empire is the best of like structurally and character development wise and everything like that. But if I'm watching Star Wars and I'm thinking of what Star Wars is for me, Return of the Jedi has it all for me, including the cheesy, corny, romantic dialogue, all of it. Like it's all there. I love the Ewoks so much. I love what they stand for. I love the craftsmanship of them. I love that just their planet. I There's so many parts of this movie I love. And uh, the parts I don't like are the parts George Lucas added afterwards, especially the nose when the emperor is being thrown. I cannot stress how much (laughs) I wish those were not there because that moment goes from one of the most dramatic moments to one of the most laughable moments. Like it, and it's crazy to me how a, a director couldn't understand how showing and not telling it more effective. It just blows my mind that he was able to come up with all this creativeness and did that so but i can't knock it off the five stars and five stars to zach our guest as always our guests are incredible i don't know how we're so lucky but her name's christina and that's how and because otherwise none of these incredible people would be here but seriously the five stars for return of the jedi no question about it all righty i absolutely loved this movie i had a great time smile on my face the whole time minus the part where yoda died i was really upset about that again took that as a personal attack but yeah you had adventure you had great like sword fighting almost with like they were really intense with their lightsabers like you kind of felt like you were watching like an actual like you know princess bride like battle they had the space fighting was awesome the comedy was great i think han had some good one-liners c-3po and r2 still had points where they really delivered you got the love story i'm also gonna give this five stars because this is the only one that i would want to rewatch like a bunch of times so this one was a great time and i think this is the first five star movie i've given because i had a really really fun time watching this movie so zach your thoughts and your rating <laughs> that is so awesome yeah so um this is the movie that makes me feel the, the like a kid it's not a perfect movie it um definitely has flaws but for me it's the ultimate feel-good star wars movie and i love it 
But I have to be honest, I have to give it a four and a half out of five, just because objectively, Empire Strikes Back is a better movie. It's arguably a perfect film, and I wouldn't change one thing about Empire Strikes Back. It's a masterpiece. But Return of the Jedi is number one in my heart, even with, with, with all this imperfection, and it has everything that I want out of Star Wars. Oh, nice. So that puts us at a 4.83 for the movie, which I will take. And I also, when I give my ratings, they are 100% subjective. None of them are objective ratings. So don't ever feel bad where you're like, I feel like this movie's better. My ratings are always from the heart. Ask the movies that I've given one star to. So it's fine. (laughs) So... Check out Zach in the Schmodown. He's uh, in our Star Wars tournament. And then I'm sure you'll have more Star Wars matches coming up that are non-tournament related. I don't think I have any matches coming up anytime soon. But look out for the Stars by Stars merch because we're the coolest (laughs) faction with the best logo and the coolest people. But for for Zach, for Aaron, Aaron, Zach, I cannot thank you enough for coming on here. You have been an absolute delight. You are the reason I wanted to start doing this because how much you talked about, how much you love Star Wars and you wanted to just share that with other people. So I can't thank you enough for sharing your love of Star Wars with me, both before this podcast and on this podcast. Thank you, that was a blast. I was so uh, happy to be here. That was a a ton of fun. I'm glad you're watching the movies and I'm so glad you're uh, enjoying them. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for Aaron, for Zach and Christina, that is myself. Everybody, may the force be with you.